Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and after taking a week off, we are back with a super exciting episode that's going to dive into what is coming up for Las Vegas. So we're usually talking about what's already open, restaurants, things are going to be opening soon, and this particular episode, we are actually getting excited about a brand new hotel that's going to be opening here in Las Vegas in December uh, that is... The Fountain Blue. So the Fountain Blue has been under construction for many, many years. Um, it's had starts and stops, change of ownership, but the building has remained there. Uh, kind of the running joke in Las Vegas is, will this place ever open? Once it does open, I will then say, yes, it's open. But this is the first time that we've had all these renderings. It feels like a real thing. There's actually a website, a fully functional website, where you can book rooms. You can look at all the restaurants, the bars, the lounges. And we finally have an opening date, and that is December 13th is the um, the target opening date for the brand-new Blue Hotel on the north end of the Strip, Fountain Blue. So this entire episode is basically going to be revolving around should we be excited about this place? And who is this place for? Because I think that's a really important question to ask yourself when, one, you're building these hotels, and two, when you're wanting to visit these hotels. So uh, we're gonna have, you're going to hear me compare it a lot to Resorts World because they are both on the north end of the Strip. They are going to be both built and opened in this decade. And they're really the the, complim- the, the compliments or the com- comparing, the the ones that we need to compare against each other um, that are in this sort of weight class, if you will. Like Circa opened in 2020 and uh, 2021, I believe. One of those years. And you can't really compare it just because it's a much different style of resort. It's a much smaller resort, obviously, because it is on, on, on Fremont Street. But really, this is how we're going to measure what is who is the winner, essentially, between... Resorts World and the new Fountain Blue. And can I tell you, I have thoughts based basically just on renderings. But this entire episode, we are going to be previewing the Fountain Blue and some of the places that I'm excited about and hopefully some places I'll be able to try uh, once the place does open in December. So this is the Fountain Blue preview episode coming up next. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start.
All right, buddy, so we are back, so we're getting excited. The Fountain Blue finally has an opening date of December 13th. That is a Wednesday for those of you keeping track. Um, this doesn't count as, like, the grand opening. This basically is just the opening of the hotel, uh, and then they have their grand opening typically on, like, New Year's Eve or maybe sometime in, in January. They always like to sort of do these test runs during December. Uh, this is sort of like an insider Vegas thing, is typically – Hotels like to open in December. Uh, who ended up doing this? Uh, MGM Grand did this in 1993 when they opened. Uh, when the uh, when Resorts World opened, it opened towards the end of the year so that it was ready for the beginning of the year. Uh, same thing with Circa. Circa opened in December and then had a grand opening, you know, month a week or two or month later. Because December is typically sh the quieter month of the year in Las Vegas. So this really lets you get the kinks out, kind of lets you get through everything. And then, boom, you have your grand reveal at the beginning of the year, sort of like the the topper, if you will. So um, this is pretty normal. Uh, usually, historically, not great in the very, very old, long, old, olden days. Uh, 1945, that's when the Flamingo opened. Uh, it opened on Christmas Day which in those days you they didn't know that people don't come to Las Vegas during Christmas time and uh, Bugsy Siegel opened it in 1940 uh, 1945 on Christmas day and they had to close it again it had to be closed for about 3 months and then it opened at a later date. So uh, these weren't always historically like the best things to do but um, as my guy Saul in uh, Ocean's 11 said I was there when the flamingo opened one day it was closed, the next day it was open. I was there. Uh, we do soft openings nowadays just because we want to get all the kinks out before we have the big grand opening. So on to the hotel itself. So the hotel itself looks honestly amazing. So what I love about just the renderings, we're kind of just going off renderings and some of the inside pictures that we've seen of the property is that it is going to be a very big, very airy property. It's going to have very tall ceilings. 48 feet is what it's been told. Um, and that's huge. Uh, it will have sort of like its false ceilings for the table games area. Um, it's definitely going to have a lot of, it looks like very cool lighting. It's going to sort of have that cream color with the uh, like yellow and uh, sort of white lights uh, that look, looks really nice against the sort of deep blue and the different shades of blue on the carpet, which really haven't seen blue carpet on the Las Vegas Strip, which is, will be very interesting to see, sort of like that elegance, sort of the way it steps up. Um, it does look like it's going to be quite a high-end resort. I would say the comp to Fountain Blue is definitely – it definitely looks like it's going after the – Venetian, the Palazzo, the Wynn, the Encore. It looks like it's going after that crowd, but also it looks like it's going after sort of the, the type that would go to the Cosmopolitan. And what does that mean? How is that different? So if you ever heard my podcast before, um, you've heard me sort of describe some of these properties as the Wynn and the Encore is where your grandparents go who have lots of money. It's sort of like inherited wealth. Uh, it's essentially going to be someplace where people with money who've had money their entire lives. And then Cosmopolitan is going to be the dot-comers, the one who made that amazing toothpick invention, and then, bam, I have a million dollars the next day in my 20s, and that's where they want to go. It's the hip, the happening place. It has all the cool restaurants. It's sexy. It's fun. And the win, it just feels, you know, quote-unquote, 
older, more established. But I'm not going to lie, guys. I go to the one all the time. I love it there. Much more plush, a lot bigger chairs, that kind of you know, big sofas, sort of just relax. You sit in it. And then Cosmopolitan feels very sharp and shiny. And I think that Fountain Blue is really going for both of those markets. It wants the cool market. It wants the millennials who are now, I'm a millennial, in my 30s. You get earlier millennials who are in their 40s who really have this, they really have sort of the income to stay at a property like this and also experience the things inside of this property. This property is going to be massive. It just takes up a huge footprint on the Las Vegas Strip, but in a very different way. It's very vertically uh, oriented in terms of it is 68 floors. It is the tallest hotel on the Las Vegas Strip when it opens. So that's going to be one of the most interesting things once it does open is can they fill all those rooms? They're going to have thousands and thousands of room to fill which could be actually good for us, for those of us who want to stay on the Strip or stay inside of the Fountain Blue at some point, is that when you have this many rooms, this, many, this much inventory, you tend to get a very wide range in terms of the room types and the room pricings. So uh, first things first, we're just sort of talking about the vibe of the restaurant, of the hotel. It really feels like it wants to emulate what you get from, a, from the Fountain Blue in Miami, but it sounds like it really wants to meld sort of that old school Hollywood, Miami, that 1950s, 1960s sort of jet setting feel inside of a very modern, sexy hotel. And it feels very, very elevated. It feels very, very elegant and luxurious. This hotel certainly feels like it's going to go towards the luxurious, young, sexy crowd. Think uh, Delilah's. Think um, like Mayfair Supper Club, but very much Hakkasan. Think things that are going to be young and sexy, but also cater to a very established crowd, which I think they've done great with their dining lineup for this particular property, which we'll get to the dining later because they have over 34 different restaurants and lounges inside of their hotel. That's 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 an that's an astronomical number of restaurants that are going to be open inside of this restaurant inside of this hotel and really i'm i can't be more excited about it just because it feels like this place has a soul it has an identity before you've even opened the hotel it feels like some place that's going to be for certain things and i think that's the most important thing in terms of building hotels is that you want your hotel to have an identity you want it to have a soul whether it's a good soul or a bad soul, you know what you're going for. Like, for example, the Palms, when it opened uh, in the mid-2000s, it was sort of like the Entourage era, for those of you who've seen the show Entourage. Entourage really really ca captured that moment in, in the United States for a certain class of people. It felt like it was, you know, adult, very cool, very brash, in your face. You know, it was sort of cutting edge, if you will, at the moment. It was cool with being, you know, sex-driven, if you will. And that's what the Palms was in the mid-'90s. It knew what it was. It had the Fantasy Tower. It had the Playboy Club. And it really embraced sort of that naughty, sexy Vegas, which I think is great. It's great for your hotel to have an identity. You don't want to be really what some places try to be, and that's something for everybody. That's fine. It's cool to say that, like especially like when you're telling like the board of directors, like, hey – we can get families in here. We can also get like the young crowd here. Honestly, you don't want that. You want to really drive home a specific clientele 
that you're trying to get. Because if you can do that, you really know what your identity is. And that brings that clientele and it brings more of that clientele to that property. For example, let's use the Wynn as an example. The Wynn is a very luxurious, a very, you know, high-end property that is really striving for high-caliber guests. So yes, you're getting the Fortune 500s, you're getting the CEOs, you're getting the CFOs, you're getting the chief executive officers, you're getting all the people that you want to populate this ecosystem. And that brings celebrities, obviously, that brings a very high class level of people, at least money-wise, that's what we're talking about. It doesn't always mean that you are the classiest person, but it knows what its identity is. It knows what it's shooting for. It knows what standard to, to start at and to keep and to maintain that entire time. And I think that's what Fountain Blue is looking for. I think Fountain Blue is looking for that Forbes five diamond, uh, sorry, Forbes five star rating. It wants to be highly rated. And I think it's on its way there. So let's just sort of dive into the hotel rooms. So the hotel rooms, they have a lot of them. It seems like they're actually going to be all under one umbrella at this point. Unlike Resorts World, Resorts World has three hotels inside of its sort of brand. It has the Conrad. It also has their standard rooms, and it has their um, their uh, like Hilton rooms as well. So they have their Hilton rooms. They have their Conrad rooms, and then they have one more. The um, oh, man can't think of it right now, um, but I have to come back to it. But it seems like they're going to be all under one roof. They do face uh, north and south, so that's the way that their rooms are sort of going to be situated. So either going to be looking north towards Fremont Street or you're going to be looking south towards the Las Vegas Strip. So uh, they have it split up in Mountain View and Strip View. Strip View, you'll be getting the strip looking south. So that'll basically be the entire length of the strip looking southward so they have the blue rooms which is spelled b-l-e-a-u those rooms are going to be king size beds queens they're going to have mountain views floor to ceiling windows it seems to be in all of their rooms so if it says floor to ceiling windows regardless of the room you're in that will be basically every room that they have available they have gold rooms which their gold rooms i believe are going to be their uh like lower level rooms in terms of like the height um, I believe the blue rooms are supposed to be everything from the 52nd, 54th floor up. So it's always the high rooms as well. Uh, they will also have their platinum rooms, which is going to be their suites that are going to end up having uh, a strip view. And typically it's going to be sort of a very interesting, interesting situated room uh, configuration. Everything ranging between like 400 square feet, 450 square feet, all the way up to, you know, 550 uh, 575 square feet for their standard rooms. Then they do have a couple different suite levels. They ha have their junior suite, which are junior suites going to have basically when you walk in, it's going to have a living space. And then it's also going to have one bathroom that is also connected to the bedroom as well, which that'll also have its own individual viewing window space as well. Uh, their noble suites, which are also going to be uh, slightly larger. It's going to have a sitting room essentially. And then we're also going to have the uh, royal suite, which those are going to have uh, one bedroom, uh, which also is going to have like a kitchen and stuff inside of it as well. And again, those are all going to be 54th floor or above. Uh, they also have their luxury suites, which are going to have a panorama suite, executive suite, and uh, their grand panorama suite, which is going to be even higher. So again, these are all going to be the different styles. They're going to have pool views. They're also going to have uh, the pool view essentially is going to be looking towards the strip. So keep that in mind as well, because the pool is actually going to be essentially on the it's going to be on the roof of 
the main part of the hotel. So uh, the rooms look pretty nice, pretty standard, to be honest with you. Very, you know, luxurious, lots of gold, lots of blue in a lot, lot of these places. Uh, but again, pretty standard looking in terms of what the hotel rooms are going to get. Um, obviously, they're going to be, you know, quite plush when you get inside of them. But they look like they're going to be quite spacious. And the floor-to-ceiling windows, I believe, is going to be a big seller. Uh, similar to, like, what the Wynn and the Encore provides. The same thing with the Venetian Palazzo with the floor-to-ceiling windows. So kind of a big... Uh, It'll be a nice place to, you know, get views and stuff. So what I really want to talk about, everybody, and I've been waiting this entire time to do this, and that is their restaurant list that they have available to us now. So um, I'm going to go through some of their signature restaurants. These are all going to be sort of like for uh, more dinner, uh, essentially. So bear with me. Very excited. They're going to have two steakhouses. So two completely different looking steakhouses from the looks of it. So one is going to be sort of like your mom and pop's uh, steakhouse. That's Don's Prime, which that definitely looks very warm. A lot of like green velvet uh, chairs. It has lots of deep, you know, wood. And that's going to be more of a, I'm going to take my mom and dad to a really, really nice dinner. Very elegant, very, very classic. And it certainly looks like a really fun space for like your parents, something very classic, something very standard. Uh, and I keep saying standard, but when I say standard, I'm trying to sort of explain that standard is what you would think of for a steakhouse, which doesn't mean it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it's something that is conventional, something that you would see in, you know, a, a standard, I said it again, in a, in a hotel of this status, something that you know that's going to be there. So, with that being said, let's now move over to a place called Bop. Uh, it's called Boppy Steak, which I'm assuming it's going to be like Boppy, like Miami. And just going off of the renderings. And again, all of these things are going off of renderings because we don't have actual photos of the inside yet of the restaurants. But Boppy Steak looks like it's going to be described as, this is what it says on the website, Boppy Steak fuses golden era Hollywood swagger with modern day spectacle to create an entirely new steakhouse experience. So from the looks of it, this place looks awesome. It has these cool, very interesting red, they have these really cool, like interesting red uh, booths that actually are sort of open to the rest of the room. It also has these cool, like red and green chairs that also has this beautiful bar that it actually is lit up green, which I really enjoy the green notes inside of it because you don't really see that color very often. The scheme of green looks just really cool against this sort of like deep velvety red and has this really awesome centerpiece chandelier that sits right in the middle of the room. And if you want to check these out, I'm going to put a link into to the description uh, of this particular episode and you can take a look at the website and you can take a look at some of these renderings because these look so awesome so anyways boppy steak which says i love when things are golden era hollywood because i love hollywood so golden era hollywood we're talking the 19 the 1930s the 40s that very cool era by the way the 30s and 20s awesome era of hollywood check it out but uh, feels very, very much like Delilah's for those of you that are going. So it feels very much like Delilah's without the actual like singing and dancing. But it really reminds me of Stanton Social Prime, which if you want to check it out, um, I went there and you can check it out on our Instagram page, Concierge Confidential underscore LV. Um, or you can check us out on Twitter, which is uh, at Keys to Vegas. And you can see kind of what Stanton Social looks like, where it feels very... 
theatrical, if you will. They have their big flaming stake, the big tomahawk that comes out, and they light it on fire. Um, from what I've read, they're supposed to have all this cool caviar that comes out as well. Same thing with the tomahawk. And it's very much an experience that you're going to get that's going to be much more communal, very millennial, lots of you know Instagrammable moments, and a place that you would go with your friends. You want to take your friends out there, have a night out, uh, a nice, cool like bachelor, bachelorette party, this is kind of the place you would go. So it's there to sort of make a statement. It feels more of a statement steakhouse. So I'm probably going to go to both of those at some point because they both look awesome. So I really like kind of what they're going for, for having a place for, you know, they're both for adults, but one for the more straight-laced. I'm going to take my parents there. They're going to enjoy their dinner. Or if you want more of like a, you know, classy setting that's a good spot and then you're gonna have poppy steak which is gonna be you know i'm going out to a nightclub i want to get ready i want to get done up seen this is where i'm going to be seen at so love what they're doing with this restaurant so those are the two steak restaurants um just want to sort of touch on this one because i'm not a huge brunch person but they have le fontaine which i might get these right or wrong so just go ahead and roast me if you will but the description of this is a plush dining room offering a sophisticated champagne brunch experience as well as a signature grand tea service. Tea service is becoming much more popular now, especially because many people saw Emily in Paris and everybody wants to have, you know, their European moments. By the way, they're in France, so they don't drink tea in France that way. But this place looks like it's going to have it very it's it very much is going to tie into the rest of the property, which if you want sort of the tones of the property, you think lots of blue lot, a lot of white, very much sort of blinding white, if you will. But I like it. I like that everything's kind of connected. It feels like it sort of is individual in itself, but it really has sort of the overtone telling the rest of the symphony of the hotel. And I really want that to be sort of driven home that just because you have a big property, you don't need to be a citizen of the world. You can still tie everything together to make it feel like a cohesive property sort of like when you're constructing like a um, like a really high-end dinner menu is that you want everything to stand out on its own separately but you really want everything to sort of tie in together as a cohesive dish and I think that's really what makes a hotel great is that everything feels individual but tied into the rest of the property and I think that's kind of what they have going so far so I everything's speculation until that hotel actually opens on December 13th, but I like where they're going. So that's a place that I might walk by, look at, probably won't stop at at some point just because again, not a big brunch person, but you never know. I might go. So another place that's towards the top of their dining uh, signature restaurants is Komodo. Uh, Komodo is, this is what the description says, uh, fusing Southeast Asian flavors with Las Vegas fare. So this place feels very much like Hakkasan. It feels very much like um, like a Tao, if you will, where, again, going off of the renderings, it has this beautiful sort of centerpiece that's actually twirling up, kind of looks like, like a tornado or, uh, architecture going up to the ceiling. It has, like, again, these very green booths, as well as like sort of like these, kind of looks like a bookcase, but also looks like a like a china cabinet essentially uh but all against the wall uh and southeast asian flavors uh whenever i hear that i think like thai vietnamese and again fusion so that's all going to be kind of going in to sort of an inspired dish so it doesn't necessarily going to be 
I would say authentic Asian cuisine in terms of like, oh, this is like very, like, you know, very Southeast Asia. Uh, I think it's going to be inspired with noodles. Obviously, it's going to have lots of different rice, pho, a lot of different dishes with soup, uh, but definitely going to be going towards a certain level of stylishness, if you will. So this also feels like very much like poppy steak where it's going to be an elevated spot. Think uh, if you've ever been to Resorts World, Resorts World has um, uh, Fuyu, which Fuyu definitely pulls a lot of Asian flavors, but very familiar dishes as well, which is a really popular go eat there before you go to Zook restaurant. So it's very much like a pregame. It's very much of a party kind of spot. And I think that's maybe what Komodo might be going for for this particular restaurant. So couple of their places that I'm not going to sort of harp on too much. Uh, they have uh, Ito, which Ito is a, um, it looks like it's going to be a very high-end omasake counter experience, which is going to be, uh, omasake is typically, um, it's sort of like a, like a sushi or Japanese tasting menu. That's kind of like a bad example, but that's essentially what it is, uh, where it's a very small counter space. They typically make all of the pieces specifically for you and then have this very specific dining experience for yourself. And whenever anything says 12 seat, that's certainly going to be very, very exclusive. And from reading on it, it does sound like it's going to be on the top level of the hotel. So if you ever look at pictures of the hotel, there's a big top space. So we've always speculated what's going to go up there. Uh, and it looks like one of the spaces will be cleared for Ito, which is going to be uh, their Japanese omasake exclusive restaurant uh, on top of the hotel. So it says it's going to be featuring modern sushi creations using highest possible quality fish flown in daily from Japan, which honestly, everybody says they're flown in daily from Japan. Uh, but uh, lately, I've really been into sort of like Japanese cuisine, and I really want to start eating more of it. It's tough for me because I'm not a huge fish person, but all the other bits of Japanese cuisine I'm trying to try before I work my way up to more fish, like Wakuda. I love Wakuda, which is at the Palazzo, and I just love how much care is put into the ingredient itself without actually like ruining the ingredient or masking the ingredient. And I think uh, this place is going to be hopefully super popular. Uh, but these ex these exclusive experiences, you always got to be careful with because again, sometimes people don't want to pay the prices for that. But it looks like if their hotel can live up to those standards, I think it could be um, a really, a really popular place. So uh, they have another place called China Club and China Club is going to be their Cantonese cuisine, which again, it says elevated. And this actually is the same person who created Hakkasan. So Hakkasan, if you don't know, Hakkasan is over at the MGM Grand, which has a nightclub aspect to it, obviously, but they also have their restaurants with their restaurants are very much tied into the way their nightclubs operate, where it's supposed to be like a pregame before you go to the nightclub. It's supposed to sort of be like the appetizer to the main course, if you will, where it has sort of that bumping music. It has really cool, sexy food where it's shareable. You go with a group. And I think that might be what they're going for for the China Club once China Club opens. So they also have uh, Cantina Contra Mar. I'm totally... Don't know if I'm butchering the name of it. Um, not a lot on it, but it does. It is actually like a celebrity chef situation. Uh, Gabriel Camarera, which he was on Iron Chef, looking for Iron Chef or looking for an Iron Chef on Netflix. Um, so this is definitely going to be a celebrity chef situation. Same thing with their Italian restaurant, which um, so forgive me if I glance over the Mexican part of the 
the Mexican cuisine experience because there's not a lot on it. And I can't actually like look at the menu because there's no menu. There's no renderings. Still remains to be seen. But moving on to the more interesting thing for me, because I actually went to this restaurant without actually knowing that this place was going to be in the Fountain Blue because I found it out today is Mother Wolf, which Mother Wolf is by a very renowned chef called Chef, uh, called chef Evan uh, Funk. And he actually has three restaurants in Hollywood. And one of them is Mother Wolf, which when I look at the renderings, it looks exactly like the Mother Wolf I went to in Hollywood. And uh, it was quite good. The pizzas were fantastic. And what I remembered when I walked into Mother Wolf was when, uh, uh, granted, I walked in from a street, which typically when you're in Las Vegas, you're walking from a casino with filtered air and then you walk into the restaurant and it kind of doesn't like have that big smell difference. But I was walking on a street in Hollywood and when I, once I walked into Mother Wolf, it felt like I was walking into just this beautiful, not not a pizzeria, but really like this just flower and this just robust, fragrant herbal restaurant and it just smelled so good in there the pizza was fantastic that i had i also had uh sort of like their twist on a carbonara pasta which was delicious uh i also had their orange blossom like appetizer which that was something different but again it has this cool like sexy hollywoody feel it feels very much like a place to be very plush chairs very red it has this cool, like, sort of orangish sort of tone. Kind of feels like the like the sand or the dirt you get in Rome. And this is specifically Roman cuisine. So it's Italian, but it very much has that flavor of the Eternal City mixed in it. So really excited for Mother Wolf to open inside of the restaurant. I can go all the time now because I was so, ex- I was so excited to try it in Hollywood. And I could have just skipped it and took an extra nap. But now um, I'm happy that I did do it because now I could tell you what it's like on the inside. And uh, that really rounds out their signature their signature uh, hotel lineup. And that's not all. They also have their casual dining, which I'm really excited to sort of see how it does inside of this, you know, huge property. Just because with a property this big, it's so hard to, you know, feed everybody. Uh, at different levels. So I think it's going to be kind of a, a test, but I think they're going to be good. They have the tavern, which that looks like that's going to be like a bar and uh, like a gastro pub kind of thing, probably next to their sports book. Uh, they also have Vita, which Vita look, this Vita looks really good. I'm really excited for how Vita is going to turn out. It has this cool bar, like in the center, which is interesting, kind of feels like very cafe Americano, which is at uh, Caesar's palace which feels, you know, modern, but it feels very, like, dinery, like very, you know, like Saginaw's if you've ever been to Circa. That's kind of what the feel is like. They also have uh, Caillou, which is going to be their Asian-inspired restaurant, which also has sushi, and that's going to be more of a, like, sort of affordable option for Asian cuisine if you can't get into their omosake restaurant, Ito, at the top of the hotel. Uh, And they have a couple different other places, like La, La I can I can never pronounce this word. Uh Lakote? 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 We're gonna say all three of them and hopefully one of them sticks. But this is supposed to be um a fresh flavor. It's this is the description. I'm reading it now. Indulge in flesh flavor fresh flavors. 
of France's vibrant Mediterranean coast amidst refreshing poolside breeze. So that does feel very much like a poolside restaurant, very elevated. Um, what's this place kind of remind me of? Um, there is a place, the Cosmopolitan. I, I don't think it's called Breeze, but it's called something on the very top of the hotel. Uh, right next to the pool, which feels very fresh. Uh, don't know if I'm going to end up dining there because me and Mediterranean cuisine don't always go very well together. Um, I did end up trying the place at Milo's. Uh, I tried Milo's, and I don't know. I wasn't a fan. Maybe i got to go back. I'll try something different. Uh, but they do also have a place called Chez Bon Bon, which that looks like it's going to be blah, 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 like a coffee house. So that looks sort of very much like a... Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Boom, 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 boom. It's over at the Win. Always forget the name of it. It's their coffee shop. So, anyways, they have a coffee shop. They're also gonna have uh, another cafe, which is gonna look like it's gonna be very Instagrammable if it's this very pink look to it. So it's called Cafe Kuto, which that's gonna look like a very, very, very high-end coffee spot. So two coffee spots for those of you coffee people out there. So good luck. Um, they have this other place called Washing Potatoes, which is going to be, it says, noodle, a study of Chinese noodle perfection, utilizing black box theater lighting for a sense of heightened drama in every bite. We'll see how that goes. So, I forgot to mention, because you wouldn't be a hotel in the 21st century if you didn't have one of these things inside of it, and it is a food hall. This place will be presenting us with a food hall, which will have a bunch of different venues. It looks like it's going to have eight different venues that will let you explore de delectable dishes from all over the world. So cool, man. I mean, these things are really popular right now. I'll probably eat at one at some point when I'm really drunk and I just really, really want like food in my belly. Uh, it looks nice. It looks like, and again, this is going to be actually one of the first times, well, I guess Resorts World built it first, that a food hall was built to be, to be, uh, you know, sort of a sort of center stage. It feels like the, like sort of the hybrid of the Arias food hall and the food hall over at uh, Resorts World. So cool. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I'll go there at some point. Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential. Just letting you know about a new podcast that we have out. It's called Last Night in Vegas with me, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you're able to listen to it. Um, it'll be periodically put out throughout the week. And usually if I go out in the evening, you'll probably be hearing a podcast about how that night went. So make sure to check out our new podcast, Last Night in Vegas, presented by Neon Smoke Productions. Now, the last thing I'm going to cover today, um, by the way, before I get to it, we'll explain the other thing that we have in, on, the, on the docket. Uh, they do have their pool. Their pool is supposed to be an out-of-this-world experience. It's supposed to be eight acres of pool, so it looks massive. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so their pool complex looks fucking gigantic, I have to say. Um, it's going to have... Basically, a center bar right in the middle of it with all the pools sort of like interconnecting in very different sort of shapes, which looks awesome. They're going to have all these palm trees, and I'm, they're going to also have uh, outdoor gaming, which I'm really excited about that because I love gambling outside because nothing says fun like losing money while you're outside in the screaming hot sun. Uh, the thing is with this is it probably won't be able to get the full experience of the pool until probably 
you know, March. Uh, I don't see that they have a day club set yet, but their nightclub is going to be Live. For those of you, you know, familiar with Live, that's in Miami. And it makes sense that they would have it here as well. It was actually ranked like one of the top five nightclubs, you know, years and years going. So it makes sense. They'll probably have a Live Day Club as well. You can't have one without the other in Vegas. It's the way that it goes. So they'll probably have it at some other part of the hotel. It just not has just does not have renderings of that space. It's also supposed to have a it's also supposed to have a performing arts space. So it's gonna have a place for a residency or a concert or however they want to use or utilize that space. They have not let anybody know who they're gonna be having yet. So who knows? So anyways, to the thing that I'm very excited about, and I know this episode's going to run a little bit longer than usual, but I'm just sort of really getting super excited about all the places that are inside of this wonderful property. And that is their bar and lounges, because that's where I like to hang out at. And you're probably going to be getting many, many videos of these places once I start going. So they do have, I believe their sort of crown jewel bar that they're going to have sort of their center bar inside of the property. And that is the blue bar, which the blue bar very, very much feels like a very elevated chandelier bar. It feels like it knows what the chandelier bar is. It knows it's not going to top it in terms of being three floors of the way it is, but it looks like a massive center bar with this beautiful golden chandelier sort of just streaking down the center of the property and with this big giant columns that sort of look like they're part of the chandelier holding it sort of as it sort of cascades down over the bar and it has this beautiful seating area big round bar tables or bar top that goes in a circle all around right next to their escalators that go up to their sort of event center most likely and it really looks fantastic, and I'm very excited to see how this place sort of turns out. Hopefully, it's not like Resorts World Center Bar, which, like, looks cool, but it just feels kind of weird. Like, it, there's no sort of, like, barriers that sort of separate the outside world to the bar, which is supposed to be a center bar. You're supposed to be able to walk up, but... This place, it looks awesome from the renderings, and I've seen the pictures from the inside, and it's really going to be the centerpiece of the main casino floor, which this, like, sort of cool golden white chandelier, like, against the blue carpet and probably, like, the blue tables, I think are going to be really interesting. So hopefully that looks awesome. Uh, so moving away from the blue bar, they also have the Azul, uh, which Azul is going to be a mezcal inspired cocktail lounge, which uh, looks really nice and plush. I have to say everything that's inside of the fountain blue looks very plush, uh, very, very big couches, very big booths. And I love it. I love just sort of the warm feeling to it. And that's what I like. I like that I know that I'm going to get a plush, very like sort of just rooms. I love rooms. Um, open concepts kind of suck. They're kind of out now. And I feel like you're going to start seeing that more as more rooms, less open concepts, which really was what Vegas was for like the early 2011s, the like the 2010s, if you will. That feels very 2010 Las Vegas is the open concept, if you will. But Azul is going to be a mezcal and tequila bar, which tequila has become so popular in the last five or six years that it really feels on brand for this property. Um, honestly, this this room, just by looking from the outside of it, and this is completely speculatory, uh, feels like a room that's going to be changed in the next four or five years. 
honestly, that's what it looks like. It looks like any like anything could be in there. They can change it however they want, and it feels like a very specific concept, but it's a very big space to be with a very specific concept. So it's interesting. So we'll see how that actually ends up going, you know, fleshing out over the years. So moving on, they have their Blue Island or their Blue Isle, which is going to be their uh, pool bar, if you will. And it looks like it's going to have where the DJs are going to be and also some frozen cocktails. So that's going to be also a frozen cocktail drink space as well. It also looks like their pools are going to have day beds that are in the pools, which that's going to be kind of a fun idea as well. Until people need umbrellas and then they start freaking out, of course. So they also have their lobby bar, which every hotel in Vegas has a lobby bar. This place still looks very interesting, though. It's called the Collins, and it's going to have... It looks very low ceilings as well from the renderings. Again, all these are renderings, but it looks nice. Um, this place looks like it's going to be here forever just because it feels like they're going to stick it by the front desk and kind of just let it be. So that's what that looks like. But now on to the lounges because the lounges look very, very fun. So they have a place. I want to know which one I want to do first. Hmm. Let's do Solo. So they have a place called Solo, which is great for me because I love to go to this place solo. Um, but anyways, this I'm going to read the description. Uh, savor top-tier mixology amid, amid, um, amidst, I got it, the glamorous energy of the casino floor in Solo, a sophisticated space offering roulette and blackjack. And yes, they're going to have a lounge with blackjack tables. Just know whenever there's a lounge with blackjack tables, that will be a very expensive blackjack game that you are playing at. But looks really cool it has this really sweet chandelier that's sort of just sort of swirling down from the ceiling right in the center of the room it looks like it has two of them unless they have a mirror on the other side and then they have a really nice bar very very classic has these beautiful arches on it as well the bar area looks decent size kind of a medium-sized bar with maybe a marble countertop it also looks like it does have a couple different spaces you can sit but it does look very much like a gambling parlor that's going to have a bar top it as well to it hopefully i can get in there because i really really want to try the drinks at this place it looks delicious so moving on from that solo looks great they have a place called no uh now here i wanted to call it nowhere earlier Oh, it is nowhere. I did read it right. What did I say? Now here? Nowhere? Oh my goodness, it looks very similar. So anyways, clicking on it, this place says, let curiosity carry you away at no nowhere. Where inviting gameplay, magic, and never-ending surprises make it somewhere you'll love to linger. Wow, somebody graduated from their PR school and said, you know what, let's write this really sweet copy and put it under here. And that's exactly what it was. This is the most interesting copy that I've seen written for one of these descriptors. And it's okay. You're supposed to get me excited, which I am. So, uh, Nowhere, which I always want to say now here. Wow. Um, just spelled a cool different way. Uh, so, this concept is going to either win or it's going to fail. It just is so interesting. So, it looks like... It kind of is like playing tongue-in-cheek with the speakeasy thing, so it's probably going to be a regular bar. If it's not, would love it if it's a speakeasy because love speakeasies, but it does look like a very large room, to be honest, or a pretty decent-sized room, and it does look like it has a billiards table. It has a bar, obviously. It does like it has a stage with a piano player. Looks great. Love it. Love a piano player. Uh, a lot of different sort of seating options. It's very eclectic. It feels very much like Palm Springs, but much more warm 
and not so much open space. And I feel like that's what happened with the Virgin Hotel is that they really wanted to go for that sort of like electric cowboy Palm Springs sort of feel to it, kind of hipstery. And it felt like a little too forced. And I also felt a little bit cheap as well. But this place definitely feels like what Frank Sinatra's living room felt like in Palm Springs in like 1965. That's just what it feels like. And it looks cool. I enjoy it. So uh, I read this earlier before I started doing the podcast is that they actually have a couple different rooms inside of uh, nowhere. I just, I just weird when I see it written every single time, but they have, looks like they have a couple different rooms and they're going to have a bunch of different things that are going to be going inside of it. So I'll even read it. So it says a not so well-kept secret. So it's supposed to make it feel like speakeasy vibes. That's what they say. And it says they're going to have a changing assortment of bespoke experiences. When everybody ever uses the word bespoke, it's just so annoying. But anyways, of bespoke experiences, ensure, ensuring that no two visits are the same. And every moment dazzles. Wow. Just the way they wrote it. And they even threw a word Odyssey in there. Man, whoever wrote the copy for this this lounge, great job for getting me excited. But anyways, so it's supposed to change nightly. And they're going to have everything from different cocktails. It says everything from custom tarot card readings and up-close illusions to impromptu games of backgammon or billiards. Relax, okay? So being somebody who lived in Las Vegas for a long time and has gone to a lot of these different types of bars that really try to be more than what they want to be, they want to be like a thing, this tarot card thing I don't think is going to work for a long period of time. Same thing with like the billiards table or the backgammon. The live music for sure. Live music is classic. It will be here till the end of time. I will sit down and listen to a piano player play music of whatever they want. But all the other stuff, eh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I'm excited to try this lounge. This lounge looks freaking awesome. And I think all the cocktails are going to be fantastic. And just in general, those two lounges look sick. So really excited to try those two lounges along with the rest of the property. I think I'm probably going to stay like one night over at one of the, at, um, at Fountain Blue just to sort of get the vibes. And then probably try two or three restaurants while I'm there. So, and that's just on like the first day. So really excited to see what this place has in store for us. I think I've covered most of the property. The reason I think it's going to be a new hangout for me is one, it's new Two, It looks like it just feels rich. And I just love hanging out with rich people. I may not be rich, but I do love to hang out with rich people. Cause why? Cause they have very interesting stories. Um, although homeless people have interesting stories, but I mean, the thing is, is that like, you know, I'd rather have drinks and listen to somebody else. You know, that doesn't smell like a foot, but it's okay. I support. It's all right. My friend Ryan Hunter is going to hate that I said that, but it is what it is. So this place looks like it's going to be fantastic uh, in terms of how I would compare it. I think this place is going to be much more put together, much more succinct than like Resorts World. Resorts World to me is basically a big giant building that has zero soul inside of it. It has a bunch of cool restaurants. None of them talk to each other. It doesn't feel like any of them feel like they are part of the rest of the property. And it feels like they're just, let me be Mexico in this world of property. So I like that this place, everything feels like it's supposed to be together. It feels cohesive. And I've said that a couple times in the pod that I think that is what brings really your level of service up and also your level of, you know, 
of me to your property is that you know what you are. Like when I go to the win, I know I'm never going to gamble there because it's way too expensive. Hundred, three hundred dollar rounds of blackjack, but I know what I'm getting when I go there, and that's what I like about it. So, this was the preview show for the Fountain Blue opening on December 13th. I will probably be going and doing lots and lots of videos once it's there. Uh, but if you want to watch any of the videos that I've recently done, check me out on Conscious Confidential underscore LV on Instagram or check us out on TikTok at Keys to Vegas. Again, thank you so much for listening to the pod. I'm sorry that I skipped last week. Life gets in the way. It happens. But we were back this week for a very long episode that's over 30 minutes. So it was all previewing and getting you super excited for the grand opening of Fountain Blue coming in, hopefully, uh, December, December 13th. So again, my name is Brian Ortega. If you see me out in town, feel free to come say hi, take a picture, do whatever you want. And just remember, keep it confidential. Keep it confidential.